All right, everybody, how we doing tonight? Praise the Lord. Great to see everybody on Wednesday night. It is good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of God. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, well, we're going to open up, uh, as we always do, by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So why don't we go ahead and stand up together tonight and say these words with faith. And we trust in the name of Jesus that we will have whatsoever we say. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let's do this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, we got a few announcements to catch you up on here and uh, lots of good stuff going on. First of all, we want to remind you that all of the giving letters, your, uh, from 2021, your, uh, your tax giving letters, uh, have been emailed as long as we had your email address. Now, if you do need a printed copy or something like that, uh, you just see us at the info booth after service. We got to make sure that we, uh, get where you want us to get that to you at. But anyway, you should have got that already. All right. Now, uh, do we have any married couples tonight? Yes, all right. Well, married tonight is coming up uh, very quickly. In fact, I'm going to pass the sign-up sheet around. we got a whole lot of couples signed up already. So praise God. It is going to be on Saturday. Uh, no, Friday. Friday. Friday, right? It's a Friday, yeah. All right, Friday, February 4th. <laughs> At 6.30, yeah. And there is child care available. So if you need child care, you just put that on the sheet there. And it is Italian night. Uh, so sign up to bring an Italian dish to share with everybody else. And it's going to be an awesome time of encouraging each other and just having a really great time. So again, it is for married husbands and wives only. And uh, and if you're not married and, uh, and you're just, you know, kind of uh, dating someone, this is a good chance to say, hey, if we ever were to get married, we could go to the Marriage Night at High Desert Word Center and just have the time of our lives. So something to think about. I'm just throwing the bait out there. You do with that what you want to do. All right. Men, are you here tonight, men? All right. So we have the men's meeting the very next morning. Think of that. Uh, so you could go out with your wife on Friday night, and you could get it the next morning and hang out with the dudes. Come on. What a better weekend. All right. So <laughs> Saturday morning, February 5th at 9 a.m. in Victory Hall. I think Chuck is going to be giving the word that day. All right. Chuck's going to be giving the lesson for us. And we will have food there. Don't know what it is yet, but it's probably going to be leftover spaghetti from Friday. Come on, somebody. Can I get All right. Oh, no, Robert, you got this? Hey, we just got bailed out, friends. We are going to be eating cold spaghetti. Robert's got breakfast for us that morning. So thank you, Jesus, for that. All right. And then we have on Saturday, February 19th, the Seventh Day Slumber Concert. Amen. Coming to Barstow. And so it is a free concert. 
at Barstow Community College, the Performing Arts Center, but you do have to have a ticket, so the ticket information is there, and uh, go online and get your tickets and come on out. It's going to be a really, really awesome night with our fellow Christians and, uh, and just getting the gospel of Jesus out there. Amen? All right, well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time, so pastor's going to come on up tonight and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are excited about Jesus? Amen. Amen. We're excited about Jesus. We're excited about heaven. And we want to do everything we can to help people get to heaven. We'll be able to disciple them, take care of their kids. That's why we take care of the church with tithes and offerings. Take care of business. Hold up your hands if you need an envelope for your tithes or for your offerings. It'll up to Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. How many have their textbook with them? Amen. This is God's textbook. The Holy Ghost is the teacher, and he uses people, and he uses the textbook. <laughs> Isaiah 48, verse 17. Give you a chance to get there. Give it a chance to get on the screen. In the King James Version. Isaiah 48, 17. <clears throat> Are we froze up back there, Heather? Okay, we're froze up. So we're not going to be the church of the chosen frozen. <laughs> Either us or our computer stuff. We are we are hot for Jesus. Isaiah 48, <clears throat> verse 17 says, uh, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now look at this. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to what? Profit. To profit. And you know, I made the statement the other day. I heard a, heard a preacher say years and years ago that God chose to have Jesus be born into the Jewish race. And if you know anything about the Jewish people, they understand the Old Testament, the Torah, and they know that God has called them to prosper. And so when God says, I'll teach you to profit, if it worked for them, how much more so for us in the New Covenant? Amen. And I wrote down a definition years ago in my Bible of profit. And see if this doesn't sound like the way successful business people operate. Profit means a valuable return, gain, the excess of returns over expenditures in a transaction or a series of transactions. And so God expects us to operate with his wisdom, according to his textbook, to be able to gain over losses in life financially. And so it says, I'll teach you to profit and I'll lead you by the way thou shouldest go. And you know, I, I was thinking... That any good teacher tests the students, right? What good does it do you to go to school? You know the old saying that they used to joke about back in the 50s. I don't know what they do now. Said, said buy your books and send you, send you to school. What do you do? Eat the books. Well, you know, we buy our kids books for school, and we expect them when they take tests to be able to pass the test. That that finds out they've grown any. And I was thinking of a really good test that we could do this time of year. Pastor Dave talking about church giving letters what you gave for the year a really good test i got my letter and I've, I've got my w-2s already i got my letter and i looked at it and i saw a bunch of said i gave i thought man did i make that much 
but my gift was about twice as much as I made. And so if you're a tither, if you're a tither, and your letter says that you put in $2,000 for the year, if you're a real tither, that means you only made 20000 And, you know, I see some of the letters sometimes to some of the people, and I think, man, I've got to pray for them. I thought they made a lot more money than that. I'm the pastor, so I can see the letters. And then I'll see somebody else had a little job that barely pays minimum wage and put in more than somebody had a good job makes a lot of money. I thought, wow, there's something backed up here. Something's wrong with that. And so what I'm saying is this. A good open book test is when you get your giving letter, look at your W-2. And with your W-2 and your giving letter don't match up for the 10% part, then you need to study some more this year. You need to be more doers this year and get hooked up. And I'm not saying that to be a critical person. I'm saying that because the Holy Spirit uses teachers to teach you the Word of God. And so God said in his textbook, I'll teach you the way to go. And so if he's teaching you tithing, when you take the test, you'll be able to line that letter up with your W-2, and the letter ought to be a lot more than the W-2, really. Amen? And that shows where you're at because God blesses givers. God blesses tithers. And the more you line up with the Word of God, the more blessed you're going to be. And so I want to be more blessed this year. How about you? Amen. Amen. That was good preaching, wasn't it? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Teaching you how to prosper. And so take the test, and then look up to heaven. And if you didn't do good, say, Teacher, with your help, I'm going to pass the test this year and do even better than last year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. And, uh, you know, I started suggesting something two or three weeks ago. I know that a lot of people give online now. And so if you want to, as an act of faith, whether you put anything in up here or not, the Lord knows you've already given online. Walk up, walk up here with us toward the altar where we're given. And if you've already gave, then just be thanking me. I say, Lord, I put it up the altar just to worship you. You know, I've already, I've already given my tithe to you. I've given offerings to the Lord. I just want to praise you and thank you. Just, you know, get out of this anointing up here with us. Amen. It's always stronger up here. So let's make this confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us at the altar when you're done dropping off your tithes and offerings and worshiping the Lord. He's given us the resurrection life. Amen.
This is my confidence. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Let's raise our hands tonight. Thank you, Jesus. It is true. You've never, ever failed us. And we know if you've done it before, you are going to do it again. Thank you, Jesus. No matter what we face, you are greater. You are bigger. And we thank you, Lord, that, hey, you're on our side. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Thank you, Jesus, that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. An important Bible verse that everybody in here should know and have memorized is Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so anytime someone says, well, yeah, but that was last time. Well, Jesus didn't change. So I don't know what you're tripping over right now. Jesus doesn't change. When I read these stories out of the Bible, man, I, you know, people are like, yeah, but that was back then. So? Jesus didn't change. Amen. And so if something changed, it's you. But Jesus didn't change. If he did it the last time, he'll do it again this time. But you got to believe. You got to trust. You have to believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's just raise our hands tonight as a sign of surrender. Maybe as a sign of saying, hey, I know the answer. I know the answer. Thank you, Jesus, that you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you healed people 2,000 years ago, you heal them today. If you brought peace to people 2,000 years ago, you do it today. If you brought provision 2,000 years ago, you do it today. Thank you, Jesus, that you never change. Help us, Lord, to get that revelation in our hearts tonight and to never doubt you ever, ever again. We love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. God is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. He is faithful unto a thousand generations. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. We're going to have a good time getting into the word tonight. Who came ready to receive from Jesus tonight? That's what we're doing because we're going to the word and Jesus is the word according to John 1 verse 1. Amen. And so uh, the title tonight is this. It's called How to Cast Your Care Upon the Lord. How to cast your care upon the Lord. And I know that I can't be the only one in here that has ever uh, had some cares in this life. And, you know, we may be like, well, what's cares? Cares are worries, concerns, and stress. And it is not the will of God for his children to be stressed out. It is not his will for you to be carrying all these burdens and weights upon your shoulder. And, you know, people are like, I feel like I've got the weight of the world on my back right now. It should not be that way. Even if you're a busy person, uh, even if you are responsible for lots of other people, even if you really do have a lot going on right now, you should not have the weight of the world and all the cares and anxieties uh, on your back. And I'm going to show you something that you've probably heard before, but you need to see it tonight. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to look here at verse 7. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. And this is just, a, again, another verse that the Christian should really uh, have memorized. 
And I, I say that to encourage you. I don't say that to insult you if you don't have these verses memorized. It's just an encouragement that there's some verses uh, that, you know, you really need to have on speed dial, I like to say. If you have something to pop up, you know, in the middle of the day that you didn't see coming, you ever get a curveball? You're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And Pastor Katie and I, we, we joke often. It seems like a lot of days we're like, okay. We are going to have today off. I don't care who calls. I don't care what happens today. We are taking today off. And that's really cute to say, but by like 6.30 some mornings, the calls are poured in and somebody needs this, somebody needs that. And, and, and you know, it's like, hey, it's all right though. Curveballs come to us, but it doesn't have to stress you out. You need to know these verses because you need to be able to speak these out of your mouth. First Peter chapter 5, and we're going to look here at verse 7, and I'll do it in the New King James. It says, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. Casting all your care. Now, that is a, a, an incredible verse that I've heard my whole life. And I found, though, that a lot of people, we know that verse, but then the next question is, how do I cast my care upon the Lord? And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. I'm going to look at a few ways tonight that I have discovered from the Word of God and that I've used in my own life. And of course, one great, you know, first step of all is to simply at least, if nothing else, even if it's just by faith, say, you know what, Lord, I'm casting this situation on you. I don't even know what to do anyway, so I might as well hand it to you because... I don't know how to fix it. And even if it's just words of faith, even if you don't even know yet, even if you can just speak those words out, Lord, I'm casting it on you because you care about me. And that's an important phrase right there that you do need to know that he cares about you. I know a lot of us acknowledge that with our mind, like, well, yeah, God cares. I get it. But right now I'm dealing with this. Well, hold on. Listen, just let that soak in for a minute. He really does care about what's going on in your life right now. He cares what's going on at work. Okay. And some people are like, well, I don't want to bug God. He, you know, he's got all this going on. He cares for you and he's got enough time for you. And he cares about what's going on with your kids right now. He cares about what's going on with your relationship, with your marriage, with your finances. He really does care. And he's much more capable of handling it than you are. So why don't we hand some things over to him? And, you know, Pastor Katie and I were at lunch yesterday uh, talking about some of this stuff. And, and it is very true, even just scientifically speaking, that one of the worst things for your health is stress. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bad things you can do. You know, it's, it would not be smart to smoke cigarettes. That's terrible for your health. It's a bad idea to, to drink a bunch of, of liquor. That's terrible for your health. It's bad to eat fast food every day. That's really bad for your health. But you know what else is really bad for your health? To live in stress and anxiety all the time. It's bad for you. And in fact, you know, I, I, I joke and make fun of going to WebMD, you know, but I, I went to WebMD this morning just to look up some of the, some of the side effects uh, of, of stress on you. And I mean, ten things. They're like, well, here's the top ten. There's more than this. But heart disease can be attributed to stress. 
asthma. If you have it, it worsens asthma. In fact, they even did one study that children with asthma, if they live in a high-stress environment, if their parents are stressed out all the time, their asthma exponentially gets worse. I'm like, that's crazy. Think about that. Uh, it said obesity. I'm not going to go into that, but I just tell you, if I'm stressed out, a Big Mac sounds real good sometimes. You know what I mean? Come on. You know, I'm not, I can't be the only one, but, you know, that extra bun in the middle, that just does something. Uh, diabetes, headaches, I don't like headaches, depression, gastrointestinal problems, Alzheimer's disease, accelerated aging. You know, some, well, I'll just put this cream on. That's good, but listen, uh, one study found out that uh, 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 living in constant stress, it accelerated some people's aging by up to 17 years. I mean, you're 30, but you look like you're nearly 50. That's awful. And it's all because of stress. And then, of course, the 10th thing they said is premature death. I'm like, good Lord. That, why would I want to have all these cares and anxieties? And then this thought came to me. I see so many people worried and stressed out over COVID and every other disease that's going on in the world right now. But they're probably worse off from the stress than they are from actually getting the disease. I mean... Anyway, I won't go into all that, but I'm just saying right now that you need to learn for a lot of reasons, but even for the sake of your basic health, even if you don't want to take Jesus' word for it and Peter's word for it, at least get this, that if you're carrying all this anxiety and weight on your shoulders all the time and just be strong, brother, just be strong. Listen. People say that, like, well, be strong, brother, and and that's cute, and that's cool, but uh, there's some things that I just can't handle on my own, and really the scripture doesn't tell you to just be strong, brother. It says to be strong, but in the Lord, and in the power of his might. And if you're trying to shoulder all this and, and just be tough and cool, calm, and collected, you can do it for a while, but you can't do it forever. And Jesus says, give it to me. Stop it. What are you doing? Quit it. Quit trying to fool yourself. Cast it upon me. I can handle it. Cast it over upon me. And so I'm going to look at a few ways tonight, and we could list a lot. Maybe we'll do a series on this. I don't know. But tonight, let me just talk to you about three ways that you can cast your care upon the Lord. Number one is this. Simply don't stare at it. Don't stare at the situation. In other words, don't focus on the negative in this life and, and in your situation. And really, I, I talked about this in a sermon a few weeks ago. I don't remember which one, but I know that in Job, we saw all these terrible things happen to Job. You know, he lost all his money. He had 10 children, lost all his kids, uh, lost his livestock, lost everything. And then in the end, uh, there's a key phrase, though, that we found out in the end, and he's like, the thing that I always feared finally happened to me. And what when one thing, that, there's a lot of truth in that, that so many times that thing that we've always stressed, that we've always feared about, that's just opening up the door to the devil to actually let it happen. And Job, you know, there's that's a deep theological book to study, and there's a lot of angles on that. But really, he said something very key there, the thing I always feared about, finally happened. He's like, I always knew this was going to eventually happen to me. 
And I've heard a lot of people that end up with something not so good happening. And many times as I've talked to people and counseled people, and they're like, you know what, I, always, I was always afraid this was going to happen. There it is. You were, and you spoke it. You probably spoke it into existence. Amen. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. And so we need to keep control of our words. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 tonight. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Who's excited? Amen. I'm excited. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. And again, this is another uh, very familiar verse that we kind of have heard a lot. But we're talking about don't focus on the negative. Don't stare at the situation. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, so it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, what does sight do? Sight sees. It, it looks. It stares. And whenever we're staring at whatever the, the potential situation is, the potential problem, the potential fear or danger, listen, you're not walking by faith. At that point, you're walking by sight. And you aren't called to do that. And, the, and that's relying more on what you can see than relying on what the Word of God says. And if we walk by sight and simply go by what we see, we're going to be in bad shape. You know, because, hey, in the natural speaking, there's a lot of bad things going on in this world right now. And if that's what you're staring at, if that's what your focus is on, you cannot be full of faith. And you're gonna not you're not casting those cares on the Lord. You're trying to, to to hold on to all of that all by yourself. But if my eyes are on the Word of God, then that's where I'm that's where I'm gonna think about all the time. That's what my focus is gonna be. And so someone comes up, did you see the news today? Yeah, I saw it. Isn't this great? Woo! What are you talking about? I was talking about Russia. Oh, I thought you were talking about that Jesus died for my sins. I'm forgiven. There is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. I saw the news this morning. I was talking about CNN. Oh, I was talking about the good news. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Oh, did you see the news? Yes, I saw it. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. Jesus wants me to be healthy. Jesus wants me to be wealthy. That's really Really good news. Oh, I was talking about the latest COVID statistics. But yeah, that's that's cool too, brother. I mean, what news are you looking at? Yes, I, I watch the news very closely every day. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as we do this, we're not focusing on the problem. The more you focus on what God's doing, amen, and not what the devil's doing, the happier you'll be. I can tell somebody that pays attention to the news and it's negative all the time. And I'll just tell you now, I don't like to hang out with negative people. I don't like to be, I would, I mean, I would rather be around nearly anybody than a negative person. I can't stand that. No matter what you do, they just bring up, you know, that they, any situation, even if it's good, they can find a way to turn it around and somehow find the negative out of that. And I just hate that. That is awful. You know, like, man, good morning. What's good about it? You tell me. It's sunny today. Okay, all right. It, it's cloudy today. They always find something negative, and I'm just telling you, that that is not a godly attitude. That is not, 
you know, that's not Christian-like, to just to be flat out about it, to always be pessimistic and always look for the bad in every situation. Because if you look for the bad, you'll find it. If you look for the good, you'll find it. Amen. You know, think about David facing Goliath. He, he found the good. He's like, come on, man. If I, this is, yes, this is the biggest situation I've ever faced. But think about it. If I take a giant down, everyone's going to be afraid of us. Man, we'll be unstoppable if we pull this victory off. How do you see your situation? Do you see it as the potential to absolutely annihilate you? Or do you see it as the potential to have the biggest testimony that you have ever had in your life? How do you see the situation? Let's look at Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Matthew chapter 6, talking about how to cast your cares on the Lord. And one major way is to not look at the worrisome situations, but to look at the Word of God. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look here starting at verse 25. Matthew chapter 6. Starting at verse 25. And uh, and this, you know, it sounds like a lot of the things that we deal with today. This is Jesus speaking here in the most famous sermon of all time. The Sermon on the Mount. And I would have loved to have been there to hear Jesus deliver this home run sermon, man, the most famous sermon ever. And so Matthew chapter six, we're getting towards uh, the end uh, of this here, but Matthew chapter six, and I'm going to pick it up at verse 25. And he said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? And you better know tonight that you matter more to Jesus than the birds do. All right? And we love birds, you know. Come on, we love birds. They're great. Love the bald eagle. That's, you know, a great bird. But Jesus cares more about you than He does the birds. If He can feed the birds, He can feed you. Right? And so, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Jesus, don't say that. That makes people feel bad and you're going to be called a hater going to be called mean. People don't want to hear preaching like that. Well, Jesus, oh, hey, on several occasions, let's just get real. Jesus said, why do you have so little faith? He said it to the disciples after he got into the boat. And in the famous passage, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, he starts it off by saying, have faith in God. <laughs> Trust me. What? Just believe me for once. Have faith in God. And so let's keep going here. Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what do we eat? What do we drink? What do we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. When you pray, that's not the first time God heard about your problem. He already knew about it. He knew about the problem before it ever happened. He had the answer before the problem ever even existed. 
but you got to learn how to cast it on the Lord and tap into heaven's resources. Verse 33, the very famous verse, seek, well, the King James, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You don't have to beg. The children of God don't have to beg for their provision. They don't have to beg for their healing. They don't have to beg for the forgiveness of sins. These things are added unto you when you're seeking first the kingdom of God. Now, one verse out of all this that really sticks out to me is verse 27. It says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Think about that. It's like, man, wow, uh, the doctor said I've got six months to live. What if I just really worried extra hard? Maybe I could squeeze a couple extra months out of this. You know, maybe the more that I just, if I could just really sit there and let that anxiety fill my lungs and fill my heart. And if I could just really let the stress get to me, that would probably, that's what we need right now. We need more stress in this situation. That's what would fix it. No, all your worries can't add one second to your life. But guess what? They can take a whole lot of seconds off of your life. They could take some days, weeks, months. They could even take years off of your life. And so what are we saying tonight? We're saying, cast your cares upon the Lord. Well, why would I do that? For he cares about you. And one way that you can cast your cares is simply not focusing on the problem, but focusing on the answer. Focusing on the answer. And, you know, if you took a math test in school and, and you know, you didn't write anything down, hey, what, what was wrong here? Well, I never got the answer, but, hey, I focused on that problem for a good hour. Tell you what right now. I focused and I stared at it. Like, well, that's good, but you don't get any points just for focusing on the problem. You eventually got to, hey, go to the answer, right? And so the good news is as we have tests in our life, which we all do, the good news is, We've got the answers right here. The answers are all right here. But I have found out that some people don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm not being mean. I'm just being real. I have found out that a lot of people don't want to put in the little bit of extra work to open the book up and get some answers. They want, you know, we live in such a quick thing. I mean, if we've got a question, we just Google it in three seconds, right? Well, you know, what, what's this? What's going on? And I'll just Google it. And that's cool, and that's fine, but if you got some issues going on in life, you need to do what the rest of, uh, what most of us have had to do. You're going to have to get in here for yourself. And good for you that you go to church, so you get to hear a lot of Bible verses every week. You've got a head start on a whole lot of people, but you need to read the Bible for yourself. Step one, hey, being in church, absolutely, but... You need to read the Bible for yourself. Uh, somebody needs to hear that. I don't know who it is, but you, this year, need to take some responsibility. You need to keep coming to church. That's good. But you need to read the Bible for yourself, too. Just saying it. All right. Number two. Let's move on. Let's move on. That You know, let's get, get a little. Yeah. Let's, let's go, Jose. Let's, number two. Number two. All right. Here we go. Pray in the Spirit. Yeah. Pray in the Spirit. This is a major key to your success right here. And again, there's a lot of ways you can cast your cares upon the Lord, but I'm just talking about three tonight that I know work in my life. You need to pray in the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 with me. 
1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. And you're like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Well, hey, we could help you with that. Come on up sometime. Come on up. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. And every year, I, uh, I pray to God for a, for a verse for me for my year. And I, I've, got, uh, I've done that since 2012. So I guess this will be the 10th year of doing this. And every year, I just in December, I'm like, Lord, what is the verse that I'm going to need the most in the coming year? And this is my theme verse for 2022 for me personally. You know, the church verse is Joshua 24, 15. But my personal verse that I'm uh, that the Lord's using in my life this year is 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14 in the New King James. Now, as you're studying this passage, it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and everything like that. But 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, um, well, I'll, I'll do it in the NLT. It says, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. And, um, and so he, what's he saying right there? Sometimes as we're praying, uh, listen, let's just get real. Sometimes you don't even know what it is, you're, how, how to pray for the situation. Have you been there before where you've got some cares coming down upon you and you're like, I don't even know what to pray right now. I don't even know what direction to go. And part of that is, is sometimes we're really praying out of our mind until we get to the level of our heart. But when we pray in tongues, check it out. My spirit's praying. I know someone will read that and be like, yeah, but you don't understand what you're saying. And how I'm like, that's really good news. Cause sometimes I don't want to know <laughs> what I'm saying. Sometimes I just want to bypass it all and, and, and pray straight out of my spirit. And when I pray in the spirit, I'm shutting my mind and my emotions down and letting my spirit pray. Man, I can just cast the whole care upon the Lord right then. I'm not sitting there like, okay, how should I pray about this? Should I word it this way? What should I do over here? How, 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 um, and, and, and sometimes you're just adding even more uh, to the situation right there. But when I pray in the spirit, my spirit is praying, even if my mind doesn't understand what I'm saying. Just write this verse down. We don't have time to go there, but Romans 8, 26, it says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's Romans 8, 26. It says, for the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. That's talking about when we're praying in the Spirit. Woo! And if that is a powerful resource that the Spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian has right there. That, you know what, it doesn't matter if I understand the best way to pray for this. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how to pray for this. I'm just going to go straight to the source right now. And let me tell you, as you raise those hands and as you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, woo, the cares, they just lift off of your shoulders. What a gift that you have. Come on. And again, I listen. The people in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit poured out upon them like the New Testament Christian does after Acts chapter 2. And sometimes I've heard people like, man, what I would have given just to be there in Moses' day when you saw the Red Sea part and when you saw that. And I'll guarantee you, Moses is in heaven. What I wouldn't give to be down there right now to have the Holy Spirit literally on the inside of me. Oh, 
what a gift and a resource that you have to be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized with fire. You've got a gift. And if you don't take advantage of this resource, I can see why you'd have an extra layer of stress all over your life. I can see why you're always, man, I don't know what to do. I don't, I'm confused. I, I just don't know. Man, Jesus said in John 14, the Spirit would be your counselor, your comforter, your standby. It said that he would even tell you things about the future. You've got a gift that a lot of people would pay a lot of money for, but it's absolutely free when we tap into it. And so, yeah, when I pray in tongues, I'm just, my spirit's praying. It's not even me. It's not even my mind and my understanding. It's my spirit praying. And Romans 8, 26 says it's perfect prayers of intercession. First Corinthians 14, verse 4, first Corinthians 14, verse 4. So check this out. And actually, I told you 1414 was my theme, but really 144 is what I'm getting at. 14 and verse 4. It says this He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, he who prophesies edifies the church. And so, yeah, in a church setting, it's better for me to give a prophecy because I could just, uh, you know, encourage everybody with that. If I were to preach a whole sermon in tongues, uh, you know, Unless somebody interpreted, uh, that wouldn't do you a whole lot of good. If I came up here and preached in Chinese or something, like, well, that's impressive, but I don't know what he said. That wouldn't, that wouldn't hurt. But check it out. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, I want to focus on that just first little phrase right there. Because I, I've heard several Greek teachers explain this word edify. What You know, that, that, it's hard sometimes to, we lose some of the... Greek interpretation into English because we ha- and you know we have a pretty shallow language in a lot of ways. We'll just we'll use the same word for all sorts of different stuff, and and so sometimes we we lose some of the power sometimes of the original uh, 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 writing because we don't you know I love English I speak it and I and I love it it's a wonderful language but sometimes it's not the deepest language so to speak and so this Greek word edify the closest. Uh, 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 a phrase, the closest set of words that we could really get to it in our English would be to charge up. To, I think the NLT says to strengthen, someone who's praising tongues strengthens himself. But, uh, but I love this phrase about someone that speaks in tongues, praising the Spirit, they charge themselves up. And some have compared it even to like how you would charge a car battery up. You know what I mean? You're just kind of dead and, and out of it and, and, and weak and you can't even turn things over. But when you get charged up, when you edify that battery, when you plug it into the source of power, it literally brings life and it charges it up and gives you the energy and the strength and the ability that you didn't have before. And so someone, you know, uh, somebody that's negative would look down and say, yeah, well, you know, it's saying that that is it, it's someone that prays in tongues, they're just edifying themselves. Oh, I don't take that as negative. I take that as, yeah, a prophecy helps the whole church, but praying in the Spirit, my gosh, it edifies me. It charges me up. And I can tell you right now, there's been many a time that I have just spent some time praying in the Spirit, and I'm telling you, it's, I feels like I just chugged three or four Red Bulls all at once, and I am, woo, let's go, Amen. It edifies you and charges you up. 
Yeah, well, Pastor Dave, I mean, that sounds good, but that's talking about the gifts of the Spirit down there. Jude, verse 20. Look at Jude, verse 20. Now, there's only one chapter of Jude, so it's just Jude, verse 20. And listen, it's a powerful resource to be able to pray in the Spirit. And in fact, the Apostle Paul said, hey, I pray in tongues more than all y'all. And so Paul prayed in tongues all the time. Now, it's one thing we're talking about in a, in a public church setting. That's great, that, you know, the gift of tongues and interpretation. But there's also just praying in the Spirit, in your own personal prayer life. And it's a powerful resource that you have, that you can use. Jude verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Well, how do I build myself up? How do I edify? How do I charge myself up? Listen, by praying in the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, you, beloved, you're building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so, I mean, I've just, first, this is just for me, I'm just, you know, telling you about my life, you do your life, but I've made it an absolute goal. Remember Sunday we talked about taking intentional steps? It's one thing to say something generic like, well, I want to grow in the Lord this year. That's my goal. That's cute. But if you don't have any intentional steps, that's, you're not going to do it. And so if you want to grow in the Lord, you need to say some intentional things like, I'm going to, I'm going to specifically set aside an hour for Reading and prayer. I'm going to specifically, well, one specific intentional step I'm doing is making sure every day I pray in tongues in my private prayer time more and more. And I want it to get by the end of the year where I'm doing a whole bunch every day. But you won't do it unless you're being real intentional about it. And so, again, what are we talking about? Casting your cares upon the Lord. One way is for crying out loud, quit staring at the problem and start looking at the answer. Another way for the spirit-filled believer is praying in the spirit. Amen. I mean, you just bypass all of it and go straight to the spirit. And the third way I'm going to say is this, casting your cares upon the Lord. A third way is to simply praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you begin to praise God, your focus switches from earth to heaven. It just it totally changes. It, it changes your focus. It puts things into perspective. When your focus is on heaven, you begin to see like, wow, that's so much bigger than, than, than this little mess right here. When you change your focus and put things into perspective, it really takes the burden and the care off of you. I'm going to show you, uh, we're going to go to a story real quick that we looked at Sunday morning kind of after our praise and worship time. But let's look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And we've got the story of Paul and Silas right here. Now, what we have here is Paul and Silas. They were in the city of Philippi. And every day, there was this young girl, every single day, that would come out as Paul and Silas were there, and she'd say, these men are servants of the Most High God. They know the way to salvation. Now, to somebody that, you know, I don't know, doesn't, Paul had the discerning of spirits going on here. I'll just say that because it's on the surface, it sounds like, well, that's nice. She's supporting our ministry, but it was the devil speaking through this girl. She was demon possessed and she wasn't saying you guys ought to listen to the gospel. 
it was a mockery and it was wrong. And, 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 and she, she was, this was the devil just mocking and, and heckling and, 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 and talking trash really and just being nasty. And Paul put on, up with it for days, but finally one day he looks at her and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of this girl. And the devil leaves her. But here's the deal. Because she was possessed, she had a special power of being a little fortune teller. And, and so she had some men that were just using this, uh, this nasty ability within her. They're making money off of it. And so this is how they made their money. They had this girl tell people's fortunes. Note to the Christian, I, I, you know, some people apparently don't know this. You would think they do. But as a Christian, you never have any business going to a fortune teller. Ever. You don't need a horoscope. You don't need tarot cards. You don't need to call, what's her name, Miss Cleo on the infomercial. I will stink and cast the devil out of you now. You know what? Better yet, I'll cast the stupid right out of you. That's pathetic. You've got the Holy Spirit of God in the scriptures. Why do you need the devil for your help? Never, ever let me hear you doing that. Ever. Boom. Cast that nastiness out. And so... Every day, it was just a mockery and, and disgusting. And so Paul gets fed up. And so what happens? Well, when she loses the devil, she loses her ability to tell fortunes. And so her owners, her, you know, I don't know, I guess slave owners, whatever they were, they get mad. They get Paul and Silas arrested. And so what happens? Acts chapter 16, verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Ow! They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now around midnight, Paul and Silas were crying and whining, and they and they were telling everybody how unfair it was. No, no, no. What were they doing? They were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Why did that happen? They turned their problems into praise. Now talk about a time that they could have felt sorry for themselves. They just said, Lord, this flat out is a, we came out here. We're working for you. Where was God? Where was he? We were doing his work. We were preaching his gospel. And he didn't even have the decency to take care of us, to protect us. And most Christians today, they would begin to doubt, well, we probably didn't hear from God because trouble came. You know, I probably wasn't even called to the ministry in the first place. I probably wasn't even called. And you begin to doubt your call. Yeah, a lot of Christians, they, they even worse than that, they begin to blame God or question God. But Paul and Silas didn't go that route. They went the route of praising God. And what happened? The the, the whole place was shaken and the chains fell off. And I'm telling you tonight, some of you have been chained up to stress and anxiety and worries and cares. And the answer to your deliverance is to legitimately start praising God. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Then give the sacrifice of praise, man. Praise is a sacrifice. 
You think you always feel like it? I, I'm just going to doubt, and they, they may not fully say this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they didn't straight up give that praise because they felt like praising. It was a sacrifice when you were beaten and, and locked into the prison. It was a sacrifice of praise that night. But the sacrifice of praise turns things around. It casts the care upon the Lord and it takes it off of you. And I'm going to show you one more verse, one more verse, really quick. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Now, uh, Jesus quoted Isaiah in Luke chapter 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to set at liberty those who have, who have been held captive. And he goes into all this. He was quoting Isaiah. But Isaiah adds something here in Isaiah 61, verse 3. And what am I talking about? Casting your cares upon the Lord. And, and what happens when we cast it upon the Lord? Well, we hand the problem to the Lord, and then he hands something even greater back to us. It's a trade. We trade him the stress for the joy. And we trade, we, 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 we hand something over. So Isaiah 61, verse 3, in the New King James, and this is, you know, Jesus ended up quoting this in the New Testament. He says all this. But one of the reasons that he came was this, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so Jesus wants to make a trade with you. If you'll give him your mourning and sadness, he'll give you the oil of joy. The oil, the anointing, the oil of joy. If you'll give him your spirit of heaviness, he'll give you a garment of praise. He'll give you beauty for your ashes. He will trade it all out for you, but you're going to have to do something about it. And I'm just telling you right now, if one of the best ways to cast your cares on the Lord is to go to praise in God when the cares are really weighing down on you. And, and, and praise is one of the best go-to weapons. And there's a song we sing, I'll raise a hallelujah, but the lyric I love out of that song is, my weapon is a melody. My weapon is a melody. My, you know, my weapon is I'm going to praise God. And that just confuses the devil. He's like, hey, I thought, what, didn't, we, didn't we just go out there and, and throw a bunch of bad stuff? Now they're out there praising God. What's wrong with them? It causes this confusion in the enemy camp. And he doesn't know what to do with it, but you're just praising God and you're more focused on him than you're focused on the problem. And so what am I doing? I'm talking about how you can cast the care on the Lord. I'm showing you from scripture, okay, scripture, but I'm also showing you things that have worked for me. It's like the hair club for men. I've read about it, and but the guy in the commercial says, uh, but I'm also a client. Well, I'm telling you about casting your cares on the Lord. I've read all about it but I'm also a client. I know this stuff because I do this stuff. And whenever the devil brings this stuff onto me, the cares and the anxiety, I praise the Lord. And it just lifts the cares off of me. And I've told you, I sing old songs when I go into this route. If I'm just, you know, in my day-to-day, I'm singing all of these new worship songs, which are great, love them, and, and they're awesome. But just for me personally, I go back to some old Pentecostal songs and I just start singing and, and raising my hands and, and praising the Lord and the worries and the cares, they just melt away. 
in the presence of the Lord. And so for some of you tonight, you're like, oh man, I've just had this on my shoulders. I've had this on. If you would lift those weary hands, if you would open that mouth and sing some praises to God, even when you don't feel like it, you'll begin to see a breakthrough like Paul and Silas saw. And, and I'm just telling you right now, and, and, and if you are, if you're spirit filled, if you begin praying in the spirit on a daily basis, it would really set you free. And if you would especially start focusing on the good news instead of the bad news, even if there's plenty of bad news, there's more good news. Amen. And if you would start doing that, listen, these are ways that you can cast your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. We're out of time tonight. Can we go ahead and stand up together? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have Josh come on up and lead us in some worship. And hey, if you've been stressed out, this would be a great time to lift those hands up, open up that mouth, and start praising God right now. But I'm going to have Josh lead us in worship here. And hey, if you need prayer for anything, come on up. We want to pray for you. But I super encourage you, if nothing else, why don't you just start praising the Lord as he leads us in a few minutes here. Amen. Let's go. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no. still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a See you do it again. I've seen you 
Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, close things out tonight. Praise God. Now, I, I hope that you were able to, uh, to be encouraged and learn some things that you can do. You were never meant to carry all that weight on your shoulders. You were never meant to carry all that stress. He can handle it a whole lot better than you can, and he'll trade you out. He'll give you the garment of praise. Amen. For the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy, for the mourning and the sadness. God is good to us. All right. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, oh, my dad wanted me to remind you that uh, Dr. Barclay's Holy Spirit Conference is this coming week down there in uh, San Diego. Well, really, it's uh, Vista, California. Vista. And so, um, please, if, if you have the time available, go down there or watch it online. It's going to be live streamed starting Tuesday night through uh, Friday night. And you could go right there on Dr. Barclay's website. They've got it at 10.30 in the morning and I think 7 o'clock at night. But it's a powerful time. A lot of you have been down there. But that would be a great resource for you. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, close things out tonight with prayer. And then we'll speak some words of faith over Barstow. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know that we can cast those cares upon you because you care for us, Lord. And we choose to do that, Lord, even if it's an act of faith, even if it's even if it's just a sacrifice. We're casting it upon you, and we thank you, Lord, for victory in every single life here tonight. We love you, and we praise you. You are so good to us, Father. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? All right. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. Now, uh, Sunday night, I heard that it went real good. But there's someone else that I heard was even better at the Barstow Faith Confession, or at least wanted to uh, match uh, Casey there, and that's Sabrina. So, Sabrina, I want you to come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Now, Casey did a great job. I had to watch the live stream of it, but... Now, had you challenged her to do this? Is that what it was? She challenged you. Then it went backwards. Well, then you reap what you sow. So here we go. You got this. All right. Here we go, guys. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.